Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, the reason I haven't started exactly on time is because I'm waiting for some papers to come to be handed out to the members. They have arrived. <laughs> Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Planning Committee. Just a couple of housekeeping issues before we start the meeting. If you have any um, mobile phones on, could I ask you to turn them off or put them on to silent, as the ringing tones tends to um, distract the committee. Uh, secondly, there is no fire drill scheduled for this afternoon so if the bells go it's for real and if that happens please will you make your, your way quietly out of the exit down the stairs and assemble outside the building um, do I have any apologies for absence and declarations of interest I'll do in a minute an apology from Councillor Lachlan right shall I go round on declarations of interest and I'll start with Eric and go round <laughs> Thank you, Chairman. Uh, there are two um, applications relating to Great Dunmo, uh, 4.5 and 4.6 on the agenda, um, relating to the old police station at Great Dunmo. Um, the applicant is West Essex Mind, and the chairman of West Essex Mind, Doug Mason, is my deputy as in my capacity as chairman of CVSU. And he and I have been working together on the acquisition and uh, conversion of the old police station to a hub for the voluntary sector uh, in the district and uh, so I have been quite heavily involved with this for about six years and no pecuniary interest. All right so you have a non-pecuniary interest okay. Councillor Ranger. Thank you Chairman. Yes I have pecuniary interests in those two items 4.5 4.6 as the designer and I shall leave the room for the determination. Um, an interest um, non-pecuniary in 4.3 as I've been a guest of Hasto Housing Association at an awards dinner and I best declare an interest on 4.2 just in case because um, Matthew Gill is employed by Cress Nicholson on the development side and I used to be a sports teacher. Right. <laughs> okay. Any other uh, declarations of interest? Yeah. Councillor Eden. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, in respect of UTT 141108 uh, Saffron Warden, in that I am a Saffron Warden Town Councillor, and I am aware that they have recommended this application for refusal, but I wasn't at the meeting, but I do eat the pizzas. Okay. <laughs> right. Any other, <laughs> any other declarations? Okay. Uh, if you remember, just wave your hand madly when we start it so we can then either ask you to leave or take the reason for non-pecuniary. Um, minutes of the meeting held on the 23rd of July. I was not actually at that meeting, so can you please verify that they were a true record of um, that meeting? I think they were a magnificent set of minutes. Right, okay. Then is it your wish that I sign them as a correct record? Okay.
Right, matters arising from those minutes. Um, PC 15, 16, 17... Oops, sorry. 18, 19, 20, 21. Okay, let me just get rid of that book. Do we have any items withdrawn? Right. Now, I have been asked um, to ask you, the committee, if you would agree to... Um, the Saffron Walton item coming up first, which is, is UTT 141108 Full Saffron Walden. It is the Pete's Parlour. And let me just find it. It is on 71? 51. Right. And members, are you happy that we take that first? Okay. Then can I introduce you to one of our new powering officers who is going to take us through that, and that is Mr. Emmanuel Alenar. Over to you. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Good afternoon, councillors and members of the audience. The application before you is uh, a site located within the ground floor of a two-story building which is between Market Row and Hill Street and that's the boundary there and the proposal involves a change of use from retail from class A1 retail to class A5 hot food takeaway installation of one number of compressor unit one number of extra grill and one number of fresh air intake grill. The application is site service located within the Safra Ward in town centre. As you can see from the red boundary, it's an area comprising of residential, retail, commercial activities and other land use. The main issue on this application will be the principle of the proposal followed by whether the proposal itself will adversely harm the living conditions of our genuine occupiers in terms of noise, odour and the likely traffic impact. As I said earlier on, that's the elevation of the existing building and I'm going to show you the photograph of the surrounding area as I proceed. This particular elevation, just for members' uh, information, it has been revised several times in order to meet the standards required by the conservation officer because the application itself, site itself, is located within a designated conservation area, but it's not a listed building. This is a particular land use survey that I have personally requested from the applicant to demonstrate why this particular proposal should be acceptable, whether it's going to adversely lead to loss of retail, uh, retail outlet within this particular uh, town centre. We've looked at the policy. Majority of the objection that was received relate to 
whether it is a sort of proposal that will be acceptable in that sort of location. Therefore, applicant undertook this particular land use survey to demonstrate that at the end of the day, if that change of use occur, it will only lead to 60.2% of commercial units as I reported in my committee report. This is the elevation of the uh, proposed site from the market road point of view, and that's the elevation fronting Hill Street. As I said, some of the issue that will be involved is to, to the extent how the particular um, ventilation mechanisms will be mounted, whether to some extent is going to affect the elevation of this fine building. On the whole, having considered the issues that I've already presented in my committee report, we felt that the, in principle, the proposed development will enable a vacant shore to be, be brought into a beneficial use. Second point, based on the evidence of the land use survey, the proposal will not adversely lead to loss of retail frontage. As I as already stated, it will lead to only 60, I mean, the, uh, the outstanding retail unit will be 60.2% as reported in my, uh, in my committee report. Thirdly, the issue relating to noise ventilation ducting has been coordinately liaised by our environmental health officer and on balance we felt that a condition should be in place to regulate issues relating to opening hours. Part of the objection received relate also to the impact on traffic. As I said in the report, the application site itself is located within a restrictive parking zone. On balance, officers felt that any customers who will be visiting the site will be taking a risk by parking within an restricted parking zone, which they can be penalized by issuing a ticket. So on balance, we felt that it is unlikely that such proposal will adversely generate traffic into the area. On the whole, having considered all the issues, this application is recommended for approval. Thank you. Members, over to you. Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. As ward councillor for this area, I have serious concerns with this. That's why I called it in. Firstly, trying to find a need. There are three, if not four, fast food outlets supplying the same sort of uh, food that they wish to do within a few hundred yards of that place. But more importantly, if you go to the map, please, of the area where you did first... No, not that one. The street map. Where you got the names of the streets. One before that. That's it, that one there. As you can see, it's a one-way system. That's the main arterial route for all vehicles, HTVs, and you'll notice that the fire station is almost directly opposite and there is a crossing outside. We all know that people who go to these takeaways do not like to walk. There will be nowhere for them to park and I have serious concerns that fire, firemen will be obstructed and they will not be able to get out. I also have concerns that HGVs will be obstructed and to say that parking attendants will do will issue tickets to 
I've never seen a parking attendant other than once outside five o'clock at night. And the fire station does a 24-hour cover. I'm sorry, I think it's unacceptable. And I think we should have had a highways um, assessment on that whole area because it is unacceptable. Thank you, Chair. Councillor Eden. Oh, sorry, no, 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 you're not next. It's <coughs> Thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, I concur with what's been said by Councillor <coughs> Perry next to me. Um, I would go further and I would say that on the traffic impact on page 57, paragraph 1015, um, where the officer states, the application site has easy access to local bus services. <laughs> I've yet to hear of anybody going on a bus to buy a pizza, um, and besides which the buses don't pass around there after about 5 o'clock at 6 o'clock at night. So I'm afraid I think that's a spurious argument. And the fact that there will be, there will be parking there, there will not be any tickets issued, because, as Councillor Perry said, there are no traffic wardens after about half past five at night. Um, there will be congestion. It is a most unlikely place to actually stop, because that is the narrowest part of um, one of the oldest roads in Saffron Walden. It's at the end of Hill Street, just inside... Um, no, it's in, it is Hill Street, not George Street. So that is the narrowest part of the road where before the pedestrian crossing people are going to have to stop it would be where you see the words Hill Street there people would be parking there the fire station will not be able to exit from its, uh, its, uh, its yard fire engines will not be able to exit because the cars will be in the way I rather suspect that they'll just get ploughed out of the way but there we are um, <laughs> it is, it is um, most inappropriate um, use for this area, and on the traffic grounds alone, I think there's sufficient grounds for refusal. Thank you. Councillor Eden. Uh, thank you very much. Um, I'd like to raise three, three separate points. I don't think there's a huge issue about more choice, because that, that that's is good. I think the issues here, though, we already have two takeaway restaurants that both allow people to stop and collect, but they also deliver and they have uh, logoed vehicles to deliver. One is uh, ABC, which is Gold, bottom of Gold Hill House, which is the junction of Gold, just the other side of Gold Street. Uh, and further down there is Calzoni, which is a, another pizza delivery. A and anyone familiar will know their vehicles park on the pavement as they go backwards and forwards. So I'd be curious to know where it would be envisaged if Dominic's are going to do deliveries, which is their norm. I don't find reference to it in the notes, but if it's their norm, where would their vehicles park? But they presumably would park on the pavement in Market Row. So there's an issue there. I think the absence of a highways report is, is an omission because clearly this is a sensitive point. The fire brigade have constantly had problems when they bring vehicles out. There used to be people parking to go to... Uh, uh, other, other outlets uh, and without some satisfactory solution to how the fire service exits because it has to turn right because it's a one way street and the, the, the ability to move vehicles away I'm, I'm concerned about because we have no evidence of it, of it working uh, people have regularly parked in Hill Street certainly in the evenings on pavements and outside restaurants and, and 
that narrow bit, as has already been indicated, is in fact the narrowest part, and there is a zebra crossing. And I have to tell you, you'll be amazed to know, I, I've witnessed people parking on the pavement outside the fish and chip shop in the high street where a bus is unable to cross the traffic lights. They just have no comprehension. You can't park on a double yellow line, get out and go and collect your fish and chips and leave a double-decker bus on number seven stranded across the entrance to Hill Street. But you see it. So this notion that these these traffic problems are easy to solve is complete nonsense because anyone who walks the town in the evening will will know where you see this illegal parking and we have no mechanism to do anything about it. So my view would be, uh, I wouldn't want to make a judgment on it, I thought I'd probably abstain, but I think the question is, can highways not offer some mitigation or some um, uh, um, uh, condition that allows us to genuinely believe we won't find, you know, four by fours parked across the zebra crossing uh, while they go in and get their pizza. Could I just ask before I bring in the next, um, the next speaker, um, highways, I can't find it, the highways have not given any comments on this or have we had a response from the highways? I'm just madly looking for it. Uh, the other thing is, uh, where is the nearest car park? As I understand it, Waitrose is two minutes walk. Waitrose is two minutes walk from this. You park in or Market Square. Am I, am I correct in that? I'm not a Saffron Walden um, resident. Thank you, Chair. Uh, the scale of the proposal before you, we actually uh, liaise with our traffic engineers or highway authority, and they said they don't normally comment on this scale of size of a proposal, so they didn't forward any comment. And, sorry, well, were they invited to? Yes, they're invited. Well, that is the procedure, Councillor Eastham. If they don't want to comment, they, they don't comment. No. Well. We're not the county council. We can't do that. Right. Um, Councillor Mackman, isn't it? Thank you. Um, I was going to propose that we defer this on uh, what I see as three grounds. Uh, I think that we should have a highway report on this because of the location. I'd like some sort of clarification on whether they're looking to have all the stuff picked up from the shop or whether they plan to do deliveries because I don't see where the delivery drivers are going to be. And also, I'd like confirmation that there's been no other commercial interest in this, because the previous dominoes in Dunmo, there was commercial interest in it, and it was suppressed. I've got a copy of the lease. Would you like to comment on the last reason, and then I'll get a seconder. You, can we accept, okay, we shouldn't be commenting, but can we accept the three reasons for deferral if one is not correct? Well, if you defer, you defer. Okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> we have to defer for a reason, though. Yeah. We have to defer for a reason, and if we are deferring for an incorrect reason, that is not correct, is it? Um, Chair, Chairman, can I, perhaps I could help. Um, we could, you could defer to request a marketing report which is not quite the same, but covers the issue. Right, do I have a seconder for deferral? Madam Chairman, traffic grounds can be included as well. Sorry, the the, the highway report, delivery driver parking to understand that concept and a marketing report. 
It has been um, requested that we defer this for those two extra reports. All those in favour, please show. Right. Right, that's carried. Anybody against? One against. The rest are abstentions. So, right, those abstentions. Wait a minute. Who, can I just finish the, 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 the yeah, voting? Those who abstained, could you please share? Two. Okay, does that add up? Right, well, there is no more comment on this application. You are not allowed to if it has been deferred. I'm sorry, but I do know that rule. So, <laughs> on, on that, we will now go back to the schedule and we will start off with UTT 140122 full. Takeley and Luke Mills is going to take us through this. And we just give Luke and Emmanuel a couple of seconds to, to change seats. Good afternoon, members. This application was presented at the 23rd of July planning committee meeting. Members decided to defer a decision until officers could provide further information on the education contributions and provision of school places. Um, firstly, please note the following updates to the report. Um, the expiry date for the application shown at the front of the report is now the 15th of September. This has been extended to allow the applicant sufficient time to complete the Section 106 agreement. Recommendation 3 is updated to reflect this. Uh, paragraph 7.1 under Parish Council comments, um, it's worth noting that the site which is within Takeley Parish, uh, but close to the boundary, adjoining the boundary with Little Canfield Parish, um, Little Canfield Parish Council have also made comment on the application and they raised no objection. Condition 2 has been reworded to make it more enforceable. Uh, the new wording has been circulated to you all just before the meeting. Okay. So just run through the application details again for you. Uh, the application site is located off Dunmo Road, also known as the V1256 in Little Canfield. It accommodates a single dwelling known as Erzamine, several outbuildings and an extensive area of rough grassland, scrub and trees. The application is for planning permission to demolish the existing buildings on the site and to erect 15 dwellings with associated access roads, driveways, garages and gardens. Access to the development would be gained using a new single point of access from Dunmo Road. Uh, 
With a site area of 0.49 hectares, the density would be 30.6 dwellings per hectare. Plots 1 to 3 would be two-bedroomed affordable units, and the 12 market units would comprise two two-beds, four three-beds, and six four-beds. The site is located outside the Little Canfield de development limit, where development of the proposed nature and scale would normally be considered inappropriate. However, taking into account existing and approved residential development to the east and the west, it is considered that residential development on the site would be compatible with the area and would not cause significant harm to the character of the countryside. Some weight is also given to the allocation of the site for residential development in the draft local plan. Garden sizes and parking spaces comply with the Council's adopted standards. Uh, these are the proposed street scenes. And there's another version which shows the street scene along Dunmo Road in context with what's around at the moment. The um, drawing at the bottom is a version with what it could look like with landscaping, uh, which is the subject of one of the recommended conditions. Turning to the issue of education contributions, a copy of the consultation response from Essex County Council's Education Department has been circulated to you all before the meeting, together with the condition. Um, and then since the last committee meeting, further comments have been received which read as follows. So I'll just read these out for you now. In response to rising numbers of primary age pupils in the Takeley Little Canfield area, Essex County Council recently held a public consultation seeking views on a proposal to establish a new primary school, in brackets, academy or free school, at Rose Acres, Takeley, on the old school site. Having considered the feedback from this consultation, on the 22nd of July 2014, the Essex County Council Cabinet agreed to open a new 210-place primary school on the Rose Acres site. A specification for the new school has been published, inviting potential sponsors to submit applications to sponsor the new school, which will open in September 2015. This new school will increase the primary school capacity in Takeley and Little Canfield by 50% to accommodate increased demand for places. Officers therefore recommend that planning permission should be granted, subject to appropriate planning conditions and Section 106 agreements. Thank you. Um, the, the confusion still reigns with regard to this site because in your report you referred to the Little Canfield development limit as well as, <laughs> as Takeley and this is why there has always been confusion on this. Uh, many years ago when I, uh, over 12 years ago, this house was for some reason uh, in, on the electoral roll of Little, of Little Canfield. So this is where the confusion comes from. But we have a speaker and we start with the Parish Council, Takeley Parish Council, which is Councillor Magnum. Thank you very much, Madam Chairman. Um, I'm confused as well because when I last spoke I was told I couldn't speak on behalf of Takeley Parish Council because this was Little Canfield. So has it moved or was that an error? We have spent most of the morning and you can stop that, right, uh, okay. trying to define the line. Um, it's, I did refer it to some of those places out where we drew a line out in the in the Far East when we were in charge. It's very, very difficult, uh, but the, the, the definitive that we had back at lunchtime was that this is considered literally on the cusp. It's the, the, the line of the building, the, the line of this... 
yeah, the eastern side. And apparently what it is is that the, that the line comes down and it's further west on one side of the road and then it goes east on the other. Um, I I actually asked the officers to actually look who's getting the parish um, precept on this because I think that will determine exactly. But at the moment, that's the latest word we've had. So, sorry, would you like to continue Thank you. Does does my three minutes start now? Yeah. I just want to raise a couple of points. So I, I went through this at, uh, at length last time about the number of houses um, in and around Takeley, which is um, around the 300 mark that are already in plan, approved or being developed. So that's clearly there's a lot of houses. Um, you mentioned the school at Rose Acres. That school um, will allow 30 place entry. Uh, we had 115 applications for the 60 places at the school that's been built at Priors Green. If you add Rose Acres to that, that gives you 115 applications for 90 places. So as you can see, we're 25 over, uh, and we still have 300 houses that are going up, or will be going up very shortly. So this is going to add to the burden that we can't cope with now. So what you're doing is you are increasing the problem, you're not solving the problem. Uh, and I think just turning around and saying that the county have provided this report, which ob- obviously I've not seen because you've all got the 11th hour, I don't think it answers your question, which is what are the plans? So that, that is not a, pla- a plan that's going to meet a need, that can be short of meeting the need, is not a sufficient plan. I would ask that you would ask for more detail from the county in terms of schooling provision. Uh, and I think really, I mean, that's the crux of it. We, we already know that we can't cope with what we've got, so you are just adding to that problem. I don't think there's any benefit to those additional houses. Uh, I, I've not seen anything in here that provides a benefit. Uh, and like I say, if you're going to just increase the problem, we need a solution to that problem. And I don't think Essex County Council have uh, come up with that solution. So I thank you for your time, but I'm afraid it's the same old story. You need to do what's right for the community. If the community can't cope with the infrastructure now, why are you adding to that problem? I just think you should either defer again until you get a proper plan from Essex, or you should refuse on the basis that there there just isn't the infrastructure to cope. This is clearly not sustainable, as demonstrated by the numbers. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you. And now we have the agent who would like to speak, who is Neil Cottrell. Thank you. Chairman and members of the committee, I'm Neil Cottrell, Planning Manager with Banner Homes. You'll be aware that the application was deferred at the um, meeting of the last committee to enable additional consultation with the County Councillors Education Authority. The site is bounded on three sides by built developments and relates well to the existing settlement pattern. The site contains a dwelling and garden and has no landscape merit. In practical terms, the proposal would simply fill in an existing gap and therefore reinforce the settlement boundary without encroachment into the countryside. In addition, the site and neighbouring land is expressly allocated for residential use in the well-advanced draft local plan. 
Turning to the proposal, plot shapes and size are comparable with others in the locality and the layout provides sufficient space for additional landscaping. An ecological landscape buffer would also be provided to the rear of the site. The dwellings will be served by a single access point and the frontage dwellings would successfully address the road frontage. The remainder of the layout would have an informal feel with meaningful space between and around the houses. In terms of scale, the proposed dwellings would present two storeys of accommodation to the road and would relate well to the existing pattern of development in the area. The dwellings would also be attractively designed with gables, casement windows, bays, chimneys and porch canopies, etc. Each would be provided with appropriate amenity space. The scheme also provides on-site affordable housing an appropriate housing mix to create a balanced sustainable community and I would respectfully submit that the provision of on-site affordable housing is a material consideration which will provide a significant benefit from the proposal. The Education Authority has been reconsulted on the matter and has no objections to the proposal and I would respectfully contend that there is no basis for resisting the proposal. In addition, we have no objections whatsoever to making a commensurate contribution towards education provision as set out in our draft planning obligation, which we would intend to conclude promptly. In conclusion, Chairman, I would respectfully submit that the proposal is acceptable in all respects and would create sustainable development as defined in MPPF. I would therefore respectfully commend the Office of Recommendation of Approval to you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Before I bring members in, um, the Educational Act and actually providing places, can we just have a little clarification on that? Because I think we've been going around the houses quite a lot sometimes. Um, as I understand it, although parental choice is a very key thing, it doesn't have to, it's not always in you, the village that you live in. Is that correct? Or could somebody just clarify that for me, please? The uh, admissions procedure is set out in the School Standards and Framework Act of 1998 and Section 86 states that schools must have regard to parental choice but uh, they do if there is a good reason for it and one of them is that there's not enough places they don't have to uh, abide by that choice and although of course every child has to be offered a place obviously because education is compulsory uh, it doesn't have to be where the parents would like it to be and that is really the act that is the, the situation as it exists at the moment regarding admissions by, high, by, by county have no, raised no objection could I possibly ask you to leave the table I'm afraid you have to leave the table yeah, and if you could just press the button to turn the mic off thank you right members it is open to you um, Councillor Easton thank you chairman um, what, re refresh my memory please as to why we delayed this um, for consideration now was it to do with education? Yes, I wasn't here. In so that case, um, is there another report besides this one that we've just been handed? It would seem that if this information was available before, we need not have delayed the, the decision. I note that the date of this letter was the 26th of February. 
this year. Is that the case? Is there a reason why we didn't have this information before? Uh, yeah, I could just explain that. Um, what it is that I sent round to you, it's a copy of the original consultation response, as you noted, sent back in February. Um, so that's just for your information, really, just to, to remind you so that you have it here at the meeting, because obviously you didn't have the full consultation response at the time of the last meeting. What, in terms of the situa situation as it's changed, that's the thing that I read out from Essex County Council about the new school opening up in Takeley that would provide extra places as well. Um, but, I mean, in terms of the recommendation that officers are rec uh, have made, it's still based on that consultation response that you have before you there, which is the, the figure there. Um, it was just this further clarification and further information that we received from Essex recently just to inform members. But, yes, you're right, that is what was available at the time of the last committee meeting. The new school, the, what is happening, Councillor Easton, is that the um, old school in Roseacres, which is in the old part of Takeley, is being reopened, and that will be reopened September 2015, um, which will be a 210 school entry, uh, which means there will be uh, a one, it's, I think that's a one form entry, isn't it? And therefore there will be um, a, um, a new, there will be 30 places extra uh, then. So uh, from that point of view. Um, Councillor Mackman is next. Thank you very much. Um, could, we first, could you first of all confirm to me what the housing mix was? Because uh, I thought I heard nine by four bed. Okay, yeah, the housing mix, it was, it was six four beds, four three beds and two two beds. Yeah. Have you finished? No. Huh? Sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to confirm it, how, how many uh, in total parking spaces there were because I was counting up there and to me they didn't seem to be sufficient. But uh. Uh, one, one thing that um, you, you may have been counting the parking spaces but some may appear hidden because they're under, there's garages as well. Um, so you've got, if you share it with the pointer, I don't know if here you're perhaps counting two spaces here but there's actually then a third in here in the garage, if you see what I mean. So there's, there's garages serving properties here. And then you've got um, parking that's set... Oh, whoops. Parking, then you've got the two parking spaces for each dwelling, plus then these four down here. These are actually visitor spaces as well. So they, they all meet standards. I think as I read in the report that we meet the parking standards. Right, Councillor Godwin. Um, I do take all the points about education, but as I know, 15 houses will not bring necessarily that many primary school children. So I am not over worried about that. Um, and I don't think we have any grounds for refusal. Um, so therefore, I would like to propose the application for approval. Fine. Um, do I have a seconder for that, Councillor Kant? Um, I would like to raise two issues with regard to conditions in a minute. Um, so, uh, shall I do that now? One is, can I ask whether the affordable housing can be locally, locally um, 
and uh, indexed, well, I've forgotten the term, in other words, for local needs, for local lettings clause, <laughs> um, is that allowed? Um, or Mrs. Mrs. Oliver, if you can. Uh, these affordable housing are going to be shared ownership properties because two properties are not really suitable for, for rent. That would not be attractive to uh, an affordable housing provider, but they, uh, they can manage shared ownership. We can make this um, uh, local lettings in the first instance, but because this is not a rural exception site, we have, we have to have a cascade out anyway, which means that if there is nobody available in the parish with enough money to, to uh, take the shared ownership, we then go to the uh, uh, contiguous parishes, and if there's no one there, it goes to the whole of Uttlesford. But the committee should uh, also take into account the fact that because it's not a rural exception site, the um, part owners of the shared ownership can staircase to 100% and then of course the houses are lost to social housing. Is it not if it's on just general use, it goes to anybody within the district with the highest points so it's actually not going to local people anyway? Am I correct? Um, no, not quite Chairman because it depends on your definition of local. Um, the, the, the council's housing waiting list is that the part of the points are based on local connection. I mean, that's part of the consultation that's just happened. Again, it's time to tighten that up. Um, so I think if, if members wish to add a local lettings clause to the, the three here, taking into account what Mr Lever said, that, that, that's fine, but you just need to be aware of the limitations that has just been explained to you. Uh, we, we've been consulted on the, um, on the um, changing policies that we might bring in. Have they come in, first of all, because now it is done on a point system and it's uh, six months to, to connect to local lettings, a local, local connection. Yeah, it hasn't cut, the new changes haven't come in yet, but it's tightening up an existing situation. So you still need a local connection, but um, I think the answer to your question is yes. And the other one I wanted to... Yes, yes, sure. The, the shared ownership uh, allocations are governed by the home buy agent for Essex. Uh, and uh, they don't have quite the same procedures as we do with, uh, within uh, um, the Attlesford Council for rented accommodation. So although, although it would be local lettings, it wouldn't necessarily be the same kind of point system that we have for, for, for rented housing. So it wouldn't necessarily be anybody from the local... All right, take you first, and then Uttlesford. It could be further afield. No, field, right? no? no it can't be further afield. No, no. Sorry, it can't be further afield, Chairman. If we, if we answer the question that yes, it can, we can have a local lettings clause in the affordable housing. I think that's okay. Clear. All right, fine. The other thing I wish to raise is um, on the hedge at the front of the property. I did attend the site visit. Uh, and I can see Councillor Easton is probably going to come back on this. So. But um, I am very concerned that that is a very um, important part within the landscape of the village. And how could we actually um, make sure that that stays, that it doesn't get chopped down? And is there any way we can put some con condition on or with regard... I know 
until they've started um, uh, the build, it could go. But I do want to know whether there is any way we could make sure that that hedge um, is um, enhanced. Well, um, how can I say? Um, preserved and enhanced for, um, you know, all right, if it has to be lowered, it has to be lowered. But, but it is a very good, a very good part of the street scene. And so I don't know how we can deal with that. Chairman, as much as we do we can, it's covered by Condition 3. Okay. Um, as you said yourself, if, if, if they did any works before implementation, there's nothing we can do about it. But Condition 3 is here, and I'm sure as a responsible developer, they would want to um, work closely with the parish and district councils to ensure a successful development. Okay. So we have to make a decision on the local, on the, the local um, uh, affordable housing, but the rest is um, we're, we're covered by condition. Right, the next person is Councillor Kant. You wish to come and speak. Thank you. Um, I concur with um, Councillor Godwin. I, I think it would be difficult to refuse this because I think it's such a small development, the number of children that it would um, give rise to would, um, I, I think it would be very difficult to refuse an application on that. Um, with regard to the front hedge, I do think it's vital that is kept, if there's anything at all we can possibly do. And the reason for that is um, all the back gardens, the, the way the development is designed, it's people's back gardens which will actually front onto the main road if that is lost. So I think it, it really is vital that that screening is maintained. Otherwise, um, I think the noise, uh, etc., would actually spoil the enjoyment of people's gardens because it, it's an unusual arrangement. Mm -hmm. People usually have the front of their house to the road, not the rear. And so um, I do think it's vital that that is maintained. Councillor Easton. Madam Chairman, uh, you have in fact raised the point that I was going to make, but I would like to reiterate that the trees on the front there are, as you say, vital to the street scene. They are also, contrary to the report that we had last time, um, not the ones that were stated. The, oak is, the ash, in fact, was an oak, as we're now aware. Uh, the black poplar is a white poplar. There are field maples there and there are hornbeams there. And as you noted, the hornbeam... Uh, in English hedges is the basis for all good hedges. It's a screen, if properly looked after, and I believe we should make every effort to preserve it before the developers get to it. Because if, if we don't, if we let this go, they will, they will rip it out before they start working on it. So I'm sure that we've got to make, I feel very strongly that we've got to make some provision for doing that immediately. It can be cultivated, and it can be tended, and it can be nurtured. It's easy once you've got the basis. And the basis is there in the blackthorn, the hornbeam, the white poplar, the field maple, and the oak on the other side. It's a good range of trees which provides a terrific hedge. Thank you. Well, while I bring in Councillor Ranger, maybe you could think of a way that we could uh, maybe um, make sure we get our message across, although I know that the applicant is in the room. Thank you, Chairman. Um, one of the issues that one of the speakers um, addressed has been dealt with, I think, by the proposer, um, whether we can take sufficient comfort from the statement from the education provider, and in my case, I, I think we can. 
on the question of the affordable housing, um, is it possible that if there is concern that we might lose the affordable element because of the staircasing effect of the shared ownership, that we could consider taking a contribution into the council for provision of rented accommodation elsewhere? Mr Taylor, do you know the answer to that? Um, Chairman, we could, but our strategy is to provide shared equity as well as rented. Um, I think the issue is the, these are governed by national rules in terms of when people can purchase up. That's the whole point of shared equity. Um, so I would suggest that what we've got here is properly in accordance with our policy and national policy and would be governed by those rules that are set. Um, we've added in or the proposal is to add in the local lettings element of it but um, I think it's a good mix on this site and actually I don't think you can just take away the shared ownership element because in financial terms that has an impact on the provision of the rental as well so it's not as simple as just removing one because um, the Developer Stroke Housing Association would have factored in the shared equity element in terms of financial aspects on the, the rental, so it's not as easy as just removing an element. It looks like that it's very difficult to put the local clause on, that we, or the cascade. We can do it. We have a risk of losing. That is the thing. And that is the decision that we have to make. Can we... Uh, but, but to get back to the um, landscaping and, the, and the, the, the hedging at the front, that is really exercising the minds of quite a lot of us. So uh, is there any way except for an informative that we can actually do something about this? working I think <laughs> um, the, the situation is the I totally agree with Council Easton's comments about the, the landscaping it is, it is quite clear that is what we want to achieve if it wasn't there that's exactly what we would want to achieve and I think the, the applicant and any developer would know that those trees and those, that frontage hedge does not need to go so there's no reason why it would go um, and so therefore but we can't actually preserve them they're not they're not um, you know, in terms of a TPOable, if you like, and that's the only thing within our gift to actually preserve them. So, so even to put on a condition saying do not even touch that hedge would not even bite until they do the development anyway. So I don't think there's any way in which we could actually physically say you shan't take the hedge down. But I think it is quite clear in terms of the message that the developer is getting not to touch those hedges because... And I don't see any reason why they would touch the hedges because... <laughs> And that is, that is, they've already got something on the site that would take years and years and years for them to be brought into the site. And at the end of the day, they're trying to sell houses. And so that, oh, that's part of the process. So I don't think, I think members just need to be comforted. If members want to add an informative to actually say about that particular frontage hedge, I'm more, happy to, I'm more than happy to do that. And uh, so I think we can do that. But I think members just need to be comforted that Condition 3 would do the job. I, th I think that um, then we, we have to um, go with an informative. I, um, before, we have actually um, blanketed trees down the old A120, which is now the 1256, um, and it worked very well. But I gather the, um, 
the sort of doing of that has passed. It was done in the past and it was very effective, but it's unfortunately something that seems to have, 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 have slipped. Um, Hmm? Sorry, Chairman, I don't understand. We're saying there are methods available, but we can't use them. No, the, 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 the using blanket TPOs has changed, I think. Is, is that correct? Um, as far as I'm aware, we still have such a thing as TPOs. Yes, we're on a tree preservation order, you've got to assess each individual tree, whether they are worthy on their own merits of having a tree preservation order on. And the view is that these aren't. These, we could not defend. Chairman, within the context of what's being done there, the fact that a hedge is landscaping, the hedge is there as a landscape now. It exists. Why can we not say this hedge will stay as a protected hedge? It's got some trees in it which are invaluable to the, to the area. As I've mentioned, white poplar, hornbeam, field maple oak tree. There's no reason, surely, why we cannot say as a planning committee, this is a condition of the building. You will retain this hedge. You'll tidy it up if you like, but you'll retain it. You have done exactly that, or the option is exactly that in condition three, Councillor Easton. Yes. That's exactly what condition three covers. I am, I am told that condition three will protect us, but as we all know, um, it, it, until us build Starts a, a developer can clear a site, um, 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 but the officers feel that condition three um, will um, safeguard this, um, and I think it's in the developer's interest to make sure that they stay. And an informative note, and I think that that is legally how far we can go. Is that correct? Yes, it's the le we have to work within the within the, the thing. Thank you, Chairman. Right. Uh, it, uh, it will behove us then, as councillors and members, to keep an eye on the situation as well. Well, it's only yes. I, I'm sure that the local parishes, both of them, will tell me, um, and the local people that live next door, if anybody, as they have all down that road, if anything happens. And uh, we've already had a problem on another site. So, and I hope that the developers are listening with regard to that. So, um, okay, the proposer and seconder, you have um, uh, proposed this. I suggested two, um, two extra conditions. I am quite happy to go along with the majority view of the, uh, the council with regard to the affordable housing, but I think from what I can hear that the landscaping, you know, we do not have to put a landscaping condition on. So it's just the affordable housing as to whether everybody is prepared to accept that we do a cascade. No other way. No other way. Right. Okay. So anybody else wish to speak on this? I have got no other names. It is proposed and seconded. Could we just check? One of the reasons why the only extra is an informative note on the landscaping and and the local. and the local local cascade. All those in favour, please show. Those against. Any abstentions? One abstention. Okay. Uh, we will now move on to. Uh, UTT. 140779 full Athorpe Roading and this was the site visit we had this morning.
Thank you, members. Um, I think apologies for taking you out for one site visit, but I think members needed to see the site in context rather than just on a plan. Um, the application site lies lies in the hamlet of Keers Green, uh, which is within Aethorpe Roading Parish, but is near, nearer Leaden Roading than it is Aethorpe Roading. Um, as members saw from the site visit today, the site is currently a, a business depot. It is currently used in terms of um, processing paper, and members saw some quite a lot of activity on site. Um, the context of that particular use is the site has actually got a certificate of lawfulness for a B2, so it could actually be intensified on that site as a, as a general industrial site. And so is what can be termed as a non-conforming use. That's not meant in an enforcement term, but it's meant a type of activity that you would not normally want to see in, in what is predominantly a residential area with properties adjacent to it. Um, the proposed uh, development is to actually provide uh, 11 units on the site, um, the sites, these dwellings here are extremely large. There are five bedroom dwellings throughout the site, um, the nine, five, nine five bedroom units. Um, the applicant has, has demonstrated for a viability report that the provision of five bedroom units is the only economic way forward on this particular site. I mean, the site has a considerable value as a B2 use in terms of purchasing, and that needs to be put in the pot in terms of, in terms of the buying the site and developing the site and the, de and the developer has, has, has um, demonstrated to the local planning authority for, a, for an independently assessed um, uh, uh, assessment that a five bedroom units are, are, the, are the best way forward in terms of this particular site. That is an approach that is actually supported locally by, by both the parish council and, and, and adjacent residents as well. Um, I should also add, members will be mindful of the, the local plan policy, the current local plan policy, which actually says we, we should be seeking a, a larger, higher proportion of uh, smaller units of twos and three bedrooms. Um, that has actually been superseded, if you like, by the evidence that we've got forward in our current Shamar, which actually says that there is um, actually, in a nutshell, we've, we've actually done a lot of good work in terms of actually providing smaller units. So that need for smaller units is no longer there at this moment in time, based upon the, the current uh, strategic housing market, asse market assessment. Uh, and in fact, the emerging local plan policy actually says it pushes it much toward, towards an evidence-based policy. So they have assessed it. So for two reasons, two fundamental reasons, why we now have uh, a predominance of five-bedroom units, and members will be... Uh, uh, you know, members may look at this and go, hang on, there's not enough smaller units on their site. The site does fully accord with the Essex Design Guide. And if members look at um, the assessment on the site on page uh, 32 of the report, yes, the gardens really are that size. Uh, they really are it's, it's very large dwellings on very large plots. And so they, they are excessive in terms of the Essex Design Guide properties, but you could argue properties this size do merit that size gardens. So in terms of its removal of non-conforming use and the, the provision of nine five-bedroom units, the uh, appraisal set, the, the, the viability appraisal that's also submitted has indicated that the site, in terms of both clearing the site and also its ongoing value, would actually mean that the four units that would normally be pursued on this particular site, bearing in mind the 40% provision, uh, can't be accommodated on this site. And so um, our assessment has, has provided these two shared ownership units in this location here. And uh, one's two-bedroom and one's three-bedroom. And while I'm here, um, there's one suggested 
uh, change to the recommendation on page 35 um, is, to, is the provision, rather than one which says secure contribution towards affordable housing, is actually recommended to provision of affordable housing. And again, we're, we are recommending as, as officers the local cascade. So starts with local needs, uh, both Raythorpe Roading and, and, and goes out to, to adjoining parishes. Um, the Roadings, as a group of villages, has its own up-to-date uh, housing needs survey. So therefore, that, that actually feeds even, even more into, into the, in terms of their... And there is a need for, for shared ownership properties as well. Um, it's, it does one thing slightly different, this proposal, in that the two, the two affordable housings are accessed off a different way from the actual new the market dwellings here. That's not usually something that we would normally support in terms of market dwellings and uh, affordable housings being separate. But what is happening here, there is, as members would have seen from the site, there's currently uh, a, a property there that's been demolished to make way for those two dwellings with its, with its existing access onto the onto this road here rather than onto the Dunmo Road. So it was considered that that was an appropriate way to actually re, re bring that access into, into, into use. So it's no, that's not usually what we would do, but, but the setting of the site means that would work. With the rest of the nine units being used for the improved way forward uh, of the current access to the, to the, to the business units. Uh, members would have seen considerable amount of trees on the site. The majority of those, if not all of those, are actually on the boundary of the site, um, which, as you can see from here, and there's, no in, there's no intention to actually remove any trees from the site. And um, I don't want to go over the ground we've just gone over, but that is suitably protected by way of a condition. Each of the properties are bespoke um, in terms of five bedroom properties, um, and these are just some of the units which are actually put forward. As you see, each one's slightly different. The use of chimneys... And I would actually say I have quite a high design. This is the unit, this is the axis, this is the street scenes are across the site, so you'll actually see some high-quality large dwellings on the site. Uh, the application is fully supported by the Parish Council uh, and, and is fully supported by, by residents adjacent to the site, and the application is recommended for approval, Chairman. Thank you. We have a speaker, and that is the agent, Mark Bedding. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Nigel. I am Chris Nicholson's planning manager. Um, as you heard from Nigel already, and is detailed in his report, put simply, um, the proposals will remove an undesirable industrial use adjacent to three Grade 2 listed buildings and replace it with a low-density, high-quality housing scheme of 11 bespoke houses, including two affordable shared ownership units. Enhancement of the local environment through the redevelopment of underused Brownfield Sites is a long-standing core principle of both national and local planning policy. And as you've heard, the scheme is supported by the local parish and local community. At our consultation event, we had 35 residents in attendance, of which 19 completed feedback forms. Of the 19, we had 15 supporters and four neutral responses. Um, you'd have seen from Nigel's report that following our submission, we had four formal consultation responses, um, all of which are in support. And this includes a letter from the property next door that reads, I would like to say that the proposed redevelopment of the site has my 100% support. I feel it will very much be more in keeping with the surrounding area and be a big improvement on the derelict and unsightly buildings that exist on site at the moment. So to summarise, 
Firstly, your officers are recommending approval based on sound planning policy grounds. Secondly, no technical objections have been received from any statutory consultees. And thirdly, and I take great joy in saying this as it doesn't happen too often, the local community support the proposals and not a single objection has been received. Not one. Thank you. Yes, I'm very happy to propose this because I think everybody's happy. I think it's a very good development and a much better use of the land, so I propose it for acceptance. Do I have a seconder for that? All over the place. Uh, <laughs> if you want. Councillor Zaman, do you wish to speak now? I'll take you as a seconder. No, I concur. There's one thing that I uh, picked up when reading the report that... Um, if there's any change to the housing allocation, please can the power, uh, no, can extensions to the speed limit um, of Aethelt Robing be put in place? Now we can't do that, but we can actually write. To, we can put an informative on our. We've done it before. Um, so would the proposal and the seconder accept that we send an informative to the? I think it says it's County Council. It's a B road to ask for the system to put that into into place now because I know it takes a long time. Are you both yeah, agreed yeah. on that? Okay, who else? Councillor Menel. Thank you, Chairman. I think it's a, um, a very nice development as well and, and I'll happily go along with it but I still feel uncomfortable with the slightly them and us uh, separation and wonder if there's any connection at all. If, if little Johnny in the affordable house wants to play with little Sally in the five-bedroom house, he has to go along the road. So is there any connection at all between those developments? Um, do we know whether there is, Mr Brown, is there a walkway? And it would be something that maybe we should ask. That there is some pedestrianised... Um, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. I've, um, I can think of... Um, places in London where you have to go three times around the block to get to your neighbours the other side if you want to. So I think it will be something that we maybe need to look at. Um, the gardens back onto a drive, don't they? I mean, on the, the answer to that question is at the moment there is no connection between the two. Um, I don't think there is, my recollection of the, the actual site along the road there is that there is no footpath. Um, to be honest with you, because of all the hedges, which is good, um, there, there, I don't think there's any opportunity to actually walk along that site. There's no connection between the two at the moment. Although we could, you know, if, if members are that concerned about that, and I think that's a justifiable concern, um, you, you could, you, you know, you could impose a condition that says, you know, prior to development, a means of connection. If members feel there needs to be a pedestrian link between the affordable housing and the, and the market dwellings, because I'm sure it can be achieved. Right, um, I've got Councillor... Right, Councillor Monell, you said yes, you're keen for that. Councillor Ranger, you're next on the list. Yes, Chairman, it's just that on the matter of the speed limit extension, the Parish Council raised it. The Parish Council are quite within their rights to ask uh, for it to be done, it's, and it's a very easy process these days, and if consent is given today, it's more power to their request. Thank you. Well, I think we'll suggest they do it, but if we send an informative as well, it's from two authorities which maybe might um, chivy the, 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 uh, the highways department to, to look at it sooner rather than later. Councillor Easton. 
Thank you, Chairman. There are two points that I'd like to raise. Um, firstly, the differentiation or delineation between the affordable house gardens and the <coughs> garden at the northwest corner. Um, there's no landscaping there. This is good from the point of view of the relationship between the two houses. Is there going to be any... Um, what's the word I want? Uh, covenant put on the houses... Oh, I'm sorry, a covenant would have to be done by the builders, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was hoping that maybe they'd say you may not build a wall or a fence or dense, how dense hedging down that particular line. But that's not down to us. The other thing is, um, page 30, uh, Essex County Council comments on education. It's interesting that they're only asking £8,366 uh, for transport costs. This means that over five years there will be 2.2 children on that estate. Just as I thought I'd share it with you. If they're happy with that, then try uh, Councillor Mackman, you had your hand up. No, actually all I was going to do was propose it in the first place, but uh, somebody beat me to the gun. You don't wish to add anything else. Right, does anybody else wish to add any other comments? So it has been uh, proposed and seconded for approval. Do we wish to add a condition that there should be pedestrian access between the affordable and the main? It does make it more of a comprehensive development. Councillor Eden. Uh, I, I would, I would re reject that proposal. Madam General, I think children will find their own way. Exactly, exactly. Councillor Davy. If it's any consolation, I think the amount of traffic going up and down that, that, that road east-west uh, is so light uh, as it wouldn't be, there wouldn't be a great deal of risk involved. So I, I really don't think... Right, it's been proposed and seconded as is with no added conditions. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Unanimous. Okay, fine. Um... The next one is UTT 141688 Wimbish and Emmanuel you're going to come back and do that for us. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. This is the application site. Um, in land use terms, it's an arable land, and uh, it's backing onto an existing build, uh, rows of semi-detached and detached two-story building along Main Road here. 
at present, there is no access to this site, which is part of the constraint, as I've said in my report. However, the highway engineers have been consulted, and an adequate access has been agreed, subject to some recommended planning condition. The area is characterized by residential buildings of different plot sizes, ranging from bungalows to two-story residential buildings. As I said, um, this is an arable land, backing onto those residential buildings that I've already cited earlier on. The access is intended to come from this end of the road, and these are the existing buildings. Um, the area garden is actually backing onto the proposed site. As I said, we have varieties of design of uh, existing buildings in that area which the proposed site has incorporated to establish a balanced character. This is an interesting landmark within the area which will not be affected in any form. The issue here is, uh, as I said earlier, in land use term, the site itself is an arable land and, uh, which is defined as outside development limit. Equally, it's a site that is, has been identified as a exceptional site where 100% affordable housing normally will be considered acceptable, subject to negotiation with the applicant. On this occasion, the applicant has a problem because uh, the proposed 11 dwelling, he argued that it will not be viable to uh, come to a conclusion to secure 100% affordable housing on site. Therefore, the council commissioned an independent consultant to look into this matter, and the viability assessment came forward and confirmed that to make this proposal more viable, um, three units need to be designated for open market, as I've reported in my uh, report. The implication to that, therefore, in consultation to my colleague in the uh, County Council, the Education Section, they have indicated that, which also appeared in my addendum, that due to the pressure this uh, totality of scheme will have on local infrastructure, there will be a contribution for pre-education capacity, and which they have confirmed this afternoon to me, that nine dwellings with two or more bedrooms, the secondary school contribution will be 29623 and the secondary school transport contribution will be 6,844.50 pence. That will be secured through Section 106 agreement along with those eight designated affordable housing. Another issue that, uh, that cropped up in this application, as I've said, is to do with the uh, ecological impact. In consultation with my colleague, again, with the County Council, the applicant was able to update the survey report, the botanical survey report. So on balance, they came back yesterday and confirmed to me from the county council that they have no further objection that the applicant has met their standards. The other issue, as I said earlier in my report, is the uh, heritage implication of this application site. The archaeology officer confirmed there should be some historical archaeological remains within this site. In order to preserve and safeguard those remains, we have conditioned the proposed scheme. For the benefit of the community, this application site will comprise of one, two, and three, four bed. 
um, plot 9 to 11 will be designated for the open market and 1 to 8 will be for affordable housing. The internal layout are in compliance to all our standards and they are easily accessible. As I said in design terms, um, the scheme is designed to be well energy conserved with this hot water solar panel on, on top of the roof, as you have said, and on balance, the scheme is in compa is compliance with the policy cited in the report. Overall, the scheme is considered acceptable and recommended for approval, subject to Section 106 agreement. Thank you. Thank you. Now we have some speakers with this, and first of all, we have the parish councillor, and I think he's the chairman, Councillor Young. Thank you. Uh, firstly, I'd like to say a few words about the site. Wimbish does not actually have any formal development limits in any part of the parish, but if Ty Green had any, then this site would be right on the edge. The site is next to and behind a development of six semi-detached properties, which you can see there. These were built in the late 1990s and are all affordable four being part-owned and two rented. These properties were developed as a rural exception site, being the first in the parish. In fact, the entire site, consisting of the existing six properties and the area now under consideration, was originally going to be developed as a rural exception site, with initially about ten properties and allowing some space for future development. However, at the last minute, the scheme was reduced to just the six houses you see in the plans. The reasons for this are no longer known. The site was short shortlisted four years ago for the previous scheme in the village, the Passive House Scheme, with which you are probably familiar. I understand that at the time, this site was the second choice. The Parish Council was not sure whether there would be sufficient demand for affordable properties but the housing needs survey revealed a need for at least eight affordable homes. One thing that hasn't been mentioned is that the proposed site has the strong support of the village school, which unusually in Uttlesford has significant spare capacity. Following the success and popularity of the previous scheme, the Parish Council made very, a very strong plea to Hastow Housing Association that these houses be built to the same passive house standards. But we were not sure if this would be possible since these properties do cost more to build and Hastow would have to absorb the extra cost. We were therefore extremely pleased that Hastow has agreed to build these homes to this higher standard. We also fully accept the need for three market properties to be built there in order to make the scheme viable. Wimbish was the first rural location in the UK to get affordable developments built to passive house standards. If this application is approved, 
then it will be for the first to have two such developments. Thank you very much. And we now have the agent for Hester, who is Eureka Maccarella. I'm not quite sure if I've got that right. I'm not an Italian student. <laughs> You're getting better every time you see me. <laughs> I'm just going to call you Eureka because I know I got Yes, wrong. that's fine. Um, members of the Planning Committee, Mrs. Chairman, my name is Ulrike Macariello from Hastro Housing Association. Wimbish Parish Council invited Hastro Housing Association back into their parish in January 2013, following the successful scheme at Ravenscroft. The application site was previously submitted by the landowner as a market-led scheme. However, the landowner was keen for local people given priority for the new homes, and as a result, the landowner withdrew his application. Hastor then worked in partnership with the parish council and the Rural Housing Enabler of Essex to carry out a housing needs survey, which identified a housing need for eight rented dwellings, and that need was subsequently updated during the consultation process. The proposed development of 11 dwellings has undergone pre-application consultation and will provide a mix of accommodation which will be available for affordable rent to meet the identified house local need and open market housing for cross-subsidy purposes. A public consultation event was held in February of this year and the scheme now presented has been designed as far as possible to take into account comments we received during the consultation period. The scheme is designed to lifetime homes and also to code for sustainable homes level 4 standard. In addition, the scheme will meet passive house standards, including good levels of insulation, air tightness, passive solar gain and heat recovery, thus reducing the energy demand for space heating greatly. Monitoring data and resident feedback from our first passive house scheme at Wimbish confirmed that passive house homes are comfortable, warm and only cost between £70 and £150 per annum to heat. It was a strong request of the Parish Council that the second affordable housing scheme in Wimbish will also conform to passive house standard and the Parish Council have supported the need for open market homes to make the scheme financially viable due to the higher cost of passive house. The materials for the proposed development have been chosen to reflect the local context and vernacular, utilising brick walls with boarded feature panelling and tiled roofs. In summary, the proposed development will provide low-cost homes for local people in a sustainable location within a high-quality and sympathetic development in accordance with local, regional and national planning policy. It is hoped that your support today will help ensure this scheme can be successfully delivered. Thank you. Thank you. And that cost of heating, we'll all be putting our names down for our home. <laughs> right, I have uh, Councillor Mackman and then Councillor Godman. I'm really pleased to see another passive house development and I'd like to recommend that we approve it. Do I have a seconder for that, Councillor Godwin? There was um, talk about a footpath, and I see there's an area in a smaller map, map hatched red. Is that, and the one that's sort of branching out, is that the footpath indicated along there? Yes, Councillor. The scheme will bring an opportunity to improve the, the, the footpath into that area. Thank you. Does anybody else, Councillor Easton? Thank you, Chairman. 
Um, can you tell me what type of heating systems are employed in this passive house? They're uh, air... De 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 well, they are. They have a air, air source. Is it air? Well, they're, 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 ground. It's all to do with using the heat from the body and the sun to yes, yes, store yes, 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 yes. So I know that. A heating I know that. In there. What kind of system is it? Is it ground sink or, or air sink? I think actually on this occasion I'm going to I'm going to ask the agent just to tell you exactly the technical term for it because I can't remember. We went round it as part of our site visit, but I can't remember what it's called. Until we go to the construction detail, I, it's not fully bottomed out, but the main source of heating comes from the mechanical ve ventilation and heat recovery, because the, the buildings are built to such a high standard, you can recuperate or reuse the, the heat generated in the home. On current schemes where we have gas in the village, we're actually putting in... Uh, a normal standard gas central heating system with just only two or three radiators. That's what we're doing at Hatfield Heath at the moment. So I would think that it may be similar because in Wimbish there is gas and, and so we utilise that and, and keep it very simple for the residents. That's our main aim. Thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Mannell. Thank you, Chairman. I think Wimbish Parish Council and Hasto must be congratulated on, on a second passive house scheme, the first being hugely successful. I just would like to know um, whether they can pass on their expertise to all the parish councils, which would be extremely helpful, and also whether um, I know Wimbish well, and I'm not sure if there's a play area. The village hall is opposite, and whether there's a play area in the vicinity, I'm getting a nod that there is. Okay, that's fine. It was just my only concern because there's quite a lot of children, I would think. There's an open field this. nearby. There's, there's an open field rather than specifically a play area. Should be. A field, playing field rather than a playground. Yes, I agree. I think uh, Wimbish have been very uh, proactive in this. Um, maybe we need to organise a, a parish meeting so that they could come and, 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 and Hester could come and talk to them because the, the, lots of other parishes, in my view, could benefit. Of course, the biggest thing is that they've been very lucky in the fact that the farmer will sell them the land at the reduced cost and some of us that live in villages where land is at a premium, you don't get that benefit, which is a sad thing. Nobody else wishes to make um, um, any uh, comments. I think this is an excellent scheme, and I will go to the vote. All those in favour of the recommendation, please show. Right. The next one on our list is UTT 144. 1879 Great Dummo and Mr. Nigel Brown, you are going to take us through this. And Mr. Ranger, uh, Councillor Ranger is leaving as he has an interest in this. Chairman, am I all? Chairman, is it in order you're for me to stay or not? You're non pecuniary, therefore, you are perfectly entitled to stay. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. This, this one is very, special, uh, very straightforward, I think. Uh, members, <laughs> members would have... 
<laughs> members have seen this on terms of the, the people on the coach. Councillor Bennell pointed it out on the way through, I think, in terms of when we were going through Dunmo, in terms of the mine, when we're doing the... I think we went through every parish this morning. Um, um, the, the application has got consent to change the use of it uh, for this particular purpose. Uh, members will see from the history um, in 5.1 that, uh, that there was a change of use for it to become um, from a police station with Suey to the offices, and it has been established as the, um, the offices for this particular purpose. Um, one thing that was omitted from the previous application, which has now been submitted regarding this one, two very simple issues, is first of all the provision of a porch to the front of the site with a disabled ramp to provide access there and to provide two roof lights to the front. Um, we have two applications in front of us. First of all, we have a planning application for the provision of a porch and the two roof lights. That is all that's in front of us now. So the application is, is recommended for approval, Chairman. Fine. Uh, Councillor Davy. Councillor Rangers interest. Can you put your mic on, please? I would like to pr propose the recommendation. Do I have a seconder from that? We're all over the place. Councillor Perry, does anybody else wish to speak about this? Councillor Perry. I'm just concerned. Can the lights be white and not blue? <laughs> you feel some, somebody might rush there thinking it was the police station and they have to go a little further for the police station. Um, okay. Does anybody else wish to speak on this particular Right. Yes. It's not an objection. It's not a. It's only a comment or a point of information, really. Why are we considering this as a full committee? Because Councillor Ranger has an interest in it, and I think. And if Councillor Ranger has an interest, then he's going to leave. But but. Yes, but he has. So he would come go anyhow. So why, Chairman? The delegation is that any councillor who has an interest in the application, the application needs to come to planning committee. So as Councillor Ranger has been acting okay. as the plan drawer and helping right. support it, it needs to come to planning committee. Thank you. I see. It is our rules. We have to follow them. All right. All it has been proposed and seconded for approval. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Right. Thank you. And then we have the listed building. Mr Brown, you're going to take us through that? Well, not really. It's exactly the same proposal. It's a listed building consent. Right. Councillor Davey. Councillor Perry wishes to second it. Nobody else has any comments. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Right. Could somebody go and get Councillor Ranger back, please? Bob, do you need to read your constitution and the rules of the council? Right, we're ready. Right. I'll explain it to you afterwards. Um, the next application is UTT 141999 full Stansted and 
No, beg your pardon. I'm reading the wrong line. 141938 Stansted. Mr. Fearbold, you're going to take us through. Yes, good afternoon. This uh, application relates to the erection of a floodlight on a pole with an aerial extension at the Stansted Bowls Club. And that's a general location. The clubhouse is this building here. The proposed lighting pole will be on the southern boundary of the site with the uh, halogen light near to the top with the um, aerial bridge uh, for the CCTV on top of the pole. Now that's a, uh, basically a mock-up of the, the pole. As you can see, this is the 10 metre high pole. Uh, the halogen light is shown near to the top uh, and in fact the CCTV uh, device would be on top of this. Um, now the application has been made by the Stansted Bowls Club and given the interest by the council in connection with its continuing CCTV coverage for uh, Stansted, um, it has come in uh, with the Bowls Club as an opportunity to provide uh, the only uh, now practical um, place to provide this bridge uh, to receive the uh, signal from Lower Street car park up to the um, end of Chapel Hill. Uh, that's just a lighting pole, a column type pole really. Um, that's details of the halogen light. It's um, of a 50 watt equivalent light um, and that's just details of the uh, bridging device for the CCTV signal. Now that's the clubhouse from Recreation Road. Uh, that's a view looking onto the boundary where the pole, lighting pole will go, which would be just in there. So you can see that the pole would be screened by this uh, large mature tree on the southern flank boundary. That's looking across to Spencer Close. Uh, so again, the pole will go in this location here, 10 metres high. Uh, that's looking, again, the other way uh, on Spencer Close. That's the fire station training structure. The previous uh, um, consideration was on, on top of that for the uh, CCTV aerial device, but ironically, this tree was preventing the signal to um, have a direct path um, into the site to, to bounce on to uh, Chapel Hill above. Um, just about see these um, series of low floodlight poles where they obviously are used. That's the flagpole. And this is looking into the site from rec recreation ground to the south and the, uh, the pole will be roughly in this position here adjacent to that tree. So that's the application proposal and uh, it's been considered against um, design, conservation area and also impact on residential amenity. You will see from the report that the, the club, Bowls Club has addressed the concerns of the environmental health officer in terms of the kind of lighting, how it will be used and uh, whether or not there could be fitting of uh, light reflectors or cowling on the halogen light to restrict light spread um, uh, off the boundaries of the site. 
So that's been done. Um, we're confident that there would not be um, significant loss um, of amenity by the, the floodlight due to um, the concerns addressed and the condition to be attached to any planning permission granted for light reflectors cowling uh, prior to implementation of that proposal. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Easton. I'll propose approval, Chairman. I have a second for that. Councillor Perry, do you wish to say anything? Yes, please, I will, <coughs> Chairman. Um, just the only fact that I have slight issue with, I don't think the condition goes far enough and I think we need it to be secure lighting and not centre lighting. We need that detailed because what we don't want is people outside the times they're working setting the lights off. Can we do that? Yes, so we can. In fact, uh, the, uh, the issue of um, uh, fixed lighting as opposed by a switch as opposed to sensor lighting, as you will see, the, the Bowls Club don't want a sensor light, but just uh, in, to avoid uncertainty, that can be put into the condition. Yes, it can. Okay. Does anybody else wish to speak on this issue? There was one question asked by the Parish Council that this is just the minimum. We don't need to ha um, have it any taller, do we? Or, or can it be lower? <laughs> uh, yes, uh, the, the Bowls Club are um, very amenable to anything the Council wants in terms of reducing the amount of uh, uh, light spillage and they're happy to have the, um, the light down further down the pole if uh, so desired. I'm not entirely sure how we do that by condition though surely the light should go where it is the best to, to do what they want and to not have as, as, as much spillage and if we have a cowl on that will, ta that will take care of that am I correct in, in my understanding of these yes of uh, the, you're, the, you are chairman because uh, the whole idea of having a, a 10 metre high pole uh, with the light at the top is to actually direct the, the light at acute angle straight down into the, the bowling green when they're doing maintenance in the evening and therefore reduces the light spread over the site uh, at a more oblique angle. So we just need to make sure that they, they position it correctly and I presume somebody will go out to uh, check that. Okay, fine. It has been proposed and seconded. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Unanimous. Yeah. Fine. The next one is also in Stansted, which is UTT 141999, Stansted and Mr. Brown. You're going to take us through this. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I think members need to, I think it's best to remind members that uh, this site already has outlined planning permission, which was um, members look at page 78. 5.2 uh, outline permission for the erection of one dwelling with all matters reserved except appearance and landscaping was approved in 17th of January this year. Uh, this proposal differs on a number of reasons. First of all, um, the original dwelling was L-shaped, was actually closer to the boundary there. It is now moved away from the boundary. It, was, it is now 2.5 metres away from the boundary. It's moved a further one metre away and it is actually 0.3 metres higher. That's one foot higher uh, in old money. And that is the only differences between this and the details submitted 
as part of the original proposal. Um, and it's because of that that it's been submitted as a full application rather than a, a details following outline uh, details. So those are the three issues. I repeat again, the shape of the dwelling is slightly different. It was originally L-shaped. It is now rectangular. It has moved further away from the boundary by a further metre to be 2.5 metres away, and it is 0.3 metres taller, but as you say, it's still single-storey dwelling. Um, there has been... Um, matters raised regarding there is a TPO'd tree um, on the neighbour's boundary I think it's about there and uh, what the tree officer has no objections in terms of what is required in terms of the impact on that tree, that preserved tree provided there is a no dig condition and that, that basically requires them to submit details of how they intend to do works uh, without using mechanical works uh, and that needs to be submitted and, and there's a British standards in terms of how that is carried out. Um, with those fundamental differences between the two, uh, the application is recommended for approval, Chairman. We have some public speakers on this one. First of all, we have an objector, Mr Simon Howard Dobson. Good afternoon. Um, I've been an agent in Uttlesford and uh, the surrounding area for over 30 years and I've never seen a backland development like this granted consent by your authority. I'm ex surprised to say the least that the outline was granted. Nevertheless, you are faced with the fact you granted it. Um, the impact on the adjoining dwellings to the sides um, and rear uh, is going to be huge the loss of uh, amenity caused by traffic up and down the long drive extended because the car parking for the new dwelling is set so far deep into the site means that day and night there will be loss of amenity to the neighbours and not just to the neighbours immediately on that side but around because the cars are going to be turning so the existing, the host dwelling if you like and the dwelling on the right will both be affected by that with regard to the TPO tree um, I'm surprised that the application, when it was received, didn't seek an arboriculturalist report, as is recommended. Um, it, it's, it's good of your, your landscape officer to make a comment, but there is no uh, tree marked on the plans. The plans, therefore, are insufficient for you to really make a judgment as to the effect of that, on that tree. You don't have a root protection zone shown to determine the effect of the garage building or the car parking spaces that are shown or the dwelling nor indeed on services that have got to be brought in and taken out from the site, I mean, drainage, electrical mains, gas, etc. And without that information, I don't see how you can draw a conclusion that it is in fact safe for that tree. No dig solutions occasionally work, but I would draw your attention to the fact that a submitted drawing shows the car parking area lowered by 400 millimetres exactly in that tree protection zone. So how can that be done? Uh, with regard to the comment that the building is two and a half metres from the boundary, in fact, if you use the scale that's provided on the drawing, it's two metres from the nearest boundary. The other fact I draw your attention to is that the L-shaped scheme was better in one serious regard. It was a very modest dwelling with a very low roof line, fully hipped. And as such, it would have had less impact than this gabled scheme has. And not only that, because of its layout, it was limited to two bedrooms. This scheme, as you can see on the plan there, by simply extending the hall wall up, you enclose a third bedroom. 
This scheme, therefore, is not a two-bedroom scheme, it's a three-bedroom scheme. They don't need planning permission to add that wall after it has been built, and you therefore have a three-bedroom dwelling with even more likelihood of disturbance to the neighbours around. And I think you should take that into account in your deliberations. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, now we also have the applicant, Mr George Luther, who wishes to speak. Chairman, before I begin my submissions, could I ask a quick clarification question about the democratic process? Um, at Parish Council, uh, Councillor Salmon declared an interest in this application, um, and I note that he hasn't done so here. Um, could I have an explanation as to whether he has to, and if so, why not? I, I presume you didn't take part in the, the deliberations. I declared an interest for knowing it might come in front of this committee, so therefore I did not take part in, in, in voting on it. Right. I thought it was because of the proximity of his residence to number 40, Bentford Road. No, I... Um, no, I actually live half a mile away from it, so it's nothing to do with the residence. Okay. Right. It's only, right, Mr. Mr. Taylor. Chairman, like yeah, it's, uh, it's not near Councillor Salmon's property, mm. um, and we can't comment on the process at the Parish Council, but if Councillor Salmon did not participate in the voting at Parish Council level, then he's perfectly entitled okay. to um, participate in the decision and voting here. Uh, thank you. Um, I reside at number 40 Bentford Road, and I'm the son of the applicant, Linda Luther, for whom I will speak on behalf of today. When considering this application, please may the Planning Committee keep in mind three key facts. Firstly, in January 2014, Outline Planning Commission was granted for the erection of a new single-storey dwelling at number 40, which the local planning authority approved and the Parish Council had no comments on, having considered all the relevant facts. Secondly, this current application has been recommended for approval by the Planning Officer, subject to conditions, all of which we have agreed to. And thirdly, Rest assured, it is our intention to minimise any potential impact that the new dwelling may have on our neighbours. This application makes certain minor improvements to the approved drawings for the Outline Planning Commission, namely reorientating the proposed dwelling so that it maximises the distance away from all neighbouring properties. Please note that we have provided detailed written responses to the neighbours' representations, bar none. In addition, all such representations were considered upon granting Outline Planning Commission in January and also by the Planning Officer in recommending approval for this application. The neighbours' main concerns are, firstly, the impact on the TPO, TPO tree in the garden number 38A. As per the Planning Officer's recommendation, the Council's Landscape Officer is satisfied the tree will be protected since it is 9.5 metres away from the new dwelling and it is subject to a no-digs solution, a condition we are agreeable to. Secondly, the adequacy of access and turning. The Highways Authority has confirmed it is no objection to the proposal subject to conditions we are agreeable to. The Planning Officer has raised no concerns about the turning area, which will be at least five metres away from the boundary with Bentfield Gardens, and the turning area is now even larger than what was approved at outline planning stage. Thirdly, supposedly supposed inaccuracies in plans. Our architect confirmed that the most recent ordnance survey map was used. Indeed, it is the same map that is attached to the planning officer's recommendation for approval. 
Please note the planning officer has also conducted two site visits. Finally, concern about overlooking. As per the planning officer's recommendations, there would be no significant overlooking of neighbouring properties. In conclusion, this proposal would help meet the local need for smaller dwellings and would help the local planning authority meet its five-year deliverable supply of housing land. Brandon Lewis, the Housing and Planning Minister, only this week emphasised the fundamental need for quintessentially British bungalows. We as a family have lived in the property for over 30 years. Outline planning permission has been granted for an extremely similar application. The current application is is in accordance with the relevant Uttlesford local plan policies and the planning officer has recommended the application for approval. Thank you very much for your time in considering this application this afternoon. Thank you. Uh, I have Councillor Salmon and then Councillor Easton. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Madam Chairman, I was asked to call this one in by the Parish Council and the residents through a site visit. Can we ask for this to be deferred, please, until we've had a site visit? Knowing the past record of the history of this site, I think it would be beneficial all round. You're asking for a deferment for a site visit? I'm asking for a deferral on the decision until after a site visit, yes, Okay, please. do I have a seconder for that? Councillor Perry, right, I have to go straight to the vote on that. All right, all those in favour of a site deferral for a site visit next time on this, please show. Those against, two, and then there's one, two three, four abstentions. Therefore, it is a site visit next time. That means we cannot discuss the application anymore, but we will come and visit the site, which means we see it on the ground, which is actually quite a good idea. Right, that concludes the applications for today, and we will now go on to agenda item five, which is by way 25 Takeley Little Canfield and Mr Pine you're going to take us through this new venture for us and for me chairman yes thank you chairman can I refer you to the plan on page 91 of the schedule which I think all you will need to see on this one Now this report is about an application that the Council is proposing to make to the Secretary of State for Transport for what is colloquially known as a pedestrianisation order under section 249 of the 1990 Planning Act. The proposal relates to Byway 25 which runs in Takeley and Little Canfield. Chairman, Takeley Parish Council has been in discussion with Essex County Council about this matter but under the wording of this particular section of the Act, it is the District Council's responsibility to make the application as it is the local planning authority for the area, hence this report before you now. The origins of this application are local concerns about the physical state of Byway 25 through its use by motorised vehicles and allied concerns over disturbance and dangers caused to pedestrians and residents of Prize Green by the passage of those vehicles along that byway. Now, the plan that I've referred you to shows the run of the byway in the local area, including the route it takes through Priors Green, and paragraph 10 of the report describes the byway's current condition. Chairman, I did inspect the byway again uh, last Monday, and at this time of the year you would expect these byways to be in their most consolidated, best condition, but it was still very, very difficult to walk along sections of this byway. And in fact, I did notice that in some of the most extremely rutted sections, they were what appeared to be grass creek blocks, which I think could only have been put down to aid 
travel over the byway by 4x4 four four vehicles. So I think probably they were getting stuck as well, which gives an illustration of how rutted this particular byway is. Now, the report sets out the procedures that have to be followed in making this application and lists in paragraph 11 the required pre-submission consultations that have been carried out under section 2498 of the Act. In paragraphs 12 and 14, I've given you some idea of the subsequent timescale should this application be made, and this follows from initial discussions with the National Transport Casework Team, which will deal with the application on behalf of the Secretary of State. It's a particular feature of this legislation that the application has to be made on the back of a resolution to improve the amenity of the area by removing vehicular rights of way over a highway which is neither a trunk or a principal road, so a byway fits the bill quite nicely here. Hence there's a two-part resolution recommended in paragraph three. Chairman, there is strong local support for the serving of this order, for the reasons I've already stated and those set out in the report, and so I recommend that the committee passes the two-part resolution set out in paragraph three. Thank you. Before we go any further, um, I think I'd better say I have a non-pecuniary interest because I live on Smith's Green, but I would like to point out uh, uh, that the road is not called um, Smith's Green Lane, it's called Warish Hall Road. Um, I've lived there for 41 and a half years and uh, it's known as Smith's Green is down the back and then the rest of the road is known as Warish Hall Road so I'm not quite sure where Smith's Green Lane came from but I have, uh, it's a non-pecuniary, I'm back here if you can imagine, I'm off the map here um, but I have been involved, this has been, this has been a local issue since 1995 um, where we have tried to since the planning permission was given. So can we minute that before I bring in the speaker who is from, this is in two parishes, but we have a representative from Little, uh, from, sorry, from Takeley Parish Council, Councillor Bagnall. I don't know if you're not speaking on behalf of the other parish as well, are you? No, you're, you're just speaking. I've got their comments anyway. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, Takeley Parish Council would like to put on record their thanks to Mr Pine for... Um, diligence in getting this to this point. Um, it's taken, as I've already said, a number of years to get to, I think, the right act and then to the right person to progress it under the right act. So we've been backwards and forwards quite a bit, so we would like to put on record our thanks to Mr Pine. Um, we note that uh, Section 4 it's, talks about financial implications, but we would urge you to ignore financial implications because uh, this is just the first step for Takeley Parish and Little Canfield to uh, improve the amenity uh, and funding will have to obviously be fought for through the various bodies as well as perhaps raised locally as well. So we wouldn't want it to fall at the first hurdle on the basis of funding. Uh, we think it's the right thing to do. Uh, for both uh, the amenity but more importantly as well for the health and safety of school children that would possibly use it for walking to school but it would be nice if they could actually use it for school field days because it is an ancient lane and hedgerow so uh, we fully support everything that Mr Pines put here thank you very much Thank you. Could I just say, I, I know you don't like local members, but actually I am a local member for this, and as I said, since the permission for the housing estate was given by the High Court or the Court of Appeal in 1995, it has been the wish of both Takeley and Little Canfield, the developer 
and the lord of the manor who owns the lane that this should be taken down to a um, should get rid of the the public four by fours that use it and they do use it and I'm sure Councillor Bagnall who lives very close to it will confirm that they use it quite a lot. Um, I have also been contacted this morning um, by the, the newly formed Takeley and Little Canfield Cycling Club who are very keen to add their name to this. Also the local cafe um, and the shops that are now beginning to thrive in the new development. It is a byway running through a housing estate. It, it, you know, if we could have incorporated it and got rid of it when we first had the housing estate, we wouldn't be coming to the um, committee now. But uh, it is a very complicated area. I think Mr Pine is, is, has learned quite a lot with regard to this. It's quite amazing. But anyway, Councillor Perry, you are first on the list. Thank you, Chairman. Having had quite a vast experience with byways and 4x4s, I know what they do at night time because I've stopped them many, many times. But they also have big lights on the top of them which cause nuisance and they also take local animals as well which you have to be considerate of. Um, I, enforcement to me is going to be an issue. I have in the past been successful of putting posts that just wide enough for a horse or a cycle to get through and I don't see why we can't make it more that way so we can enforce it so that no vehicles can get through at all at either end. I, I think that, that once you have got the permission from, well I'll ask Mr. Mr. Pine to do that, but I think you have to have the permission from the um, from the, the, the Secretary of State is in the end who gives it before you can put any type of, of blockage. We have asked and I will say that I have written to the cabinet member at Essex to see if we could get a restricted mm. stopping until we get our permission um, because as Mr Pine has explained to you it can take up to three to oh, five no. years exactly. um, but, but the county are doing three experimental closures during the winter at the moment in Braintree and one, two in Braintree and one in ours they are going to monitor those and we, we hope if this does go all the way that we could get on the list for winter closure because that will help to, to stop the deterioration of the path. I walked down in the winter and I actually I slipped and I nearly went straight into a, a, you know, a 15, 15 inch puddle. Maybe I should. If I'd broken my leg maybe it would have been an example of what can happen down there. It is actually... Rutted unwalkable in some places. So propose the recommendation, Chairman. Do I have a second from that? Mr Pine just wants to clarify something. Uh, Councillor Easton, you wish to say anything? We just second it. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Just to clarify that um, one part of the application form that we submit, we have to certify that uh, no measures have been taken to actually obstruct the bridleway while the application is being made. So you have to be stayed open. Uh, there are many, many different forms of enclosure you can use. There's things called Kent carriageway gaps, which apparently are gaps that would be a series of posts that you put in the, across the width of the bridleway, which are of insufficient width to allow 4x4s four through, but might allow horse-drawn carriages through. But we're clearly going to have to talk a lot with Essex County Council, because they are the highway engineers over the best and most cost-effective way of, um, of blocking off this highway, should the application be successful. Councillor Mackman, you wish to... It's all being said, thank you. 
Councillor Ranger. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, I might have missed it when Jeremy was giving his presentation, but Mr Bagnall mentioned about the cost. Is there a cost for an application to be made? Where is the cost arising? That's my first point. I'm not aware of any cost for making the application. The cost would arise if we have to install preventive barriers across the, um, the bridleway to physically prevent 4x4s from using the barriers. Um, I have got some... I did find some guidance on this matter from Sustrans, and depending upon the various measures that you, you come across, some could be a few hundred pounds, some could be a few thousand pounds. And, of course, when you've got a situation like this where you've got a, a bridleway in several sections, you know, there'd be more cost if we had to physically... Um, mark off every single section of the bridle way. So clearly that's something we're going to have to look at at a later date. But first, first thing to do is to get the order through. I would totally agree with that. I think the order needs to go through and then we will look at the cost. This is something that I have only had one person come on to me to say, oh, what about my rights to clean my septic tank out? But I believe that is dealt with within the, uh, within the Act. Um, but, but apart from that, I, th I think the, the feeling within the two parishes is very much we would like this to happen. It goes through our housing estate. Mm. My concern was that if there was a cost to be met up front, then we must find the quickest way, and we could take that to Councillor Chambers. Um, there are various ways of doing that. But anyway. This is the first of this type of application we've ever made, and I'm sure that if we get anything wrong, the national case transport team will, will let us know, but I'm not aware of any cost for making the application. It has been proposed and seconded for the recommendations, which is recommendation three, one, two, uh, and the two parts. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Unanimous. Thank you very much indeed. Right, the next thing on the list is the appeal decisions. Does anybody have any comments on appeal decisions? No? Okay, uh, I have no other business and therefore at... Oh, sorry, Councillor Davey. I don't know, if it's in, Madam Chairman, if it's in here, but I did observe one yesterday that came through about double glazing, uh, which I thought was um, quite interesting on a period building and uh, I, I thought it was, it was a rather enlightened take by the inspector and something that perhaps we should keep in mind should another case come up. Um, I mentioned it at the workshop this morning and yes I noticed that um, it will be on the list next time so maybe the next next time we can ask the well the officer's got, got four weeks to actually bring back um, to see whether this is a trend that's now happening Councillor Perry Just a plea Chairman on one application we've got plot sizes garden sizes and parking placement only on one application I thought we were going to have them on more than one it would have been much nicer and quicker for us. We have enough to look through, and that graph is tremendous and so useful. Can we please have it more often? Can we ask, could we do an email round to all planning officers to ask them to, to do that graph? It is very useful. I have no urgent business. Oh, Councillor Ranger. Thank you. Just taking up the point that Councillor Davy made about the replacement windows, I think this committee has already taken that sort of decision on an application not a million miles from here. Thank you. You should all come and see them. They're fantastic. <laughs> um, no urgent business. At five past four, I close the meeting. Thank you. We're not broadcasting at the moment, but you